archaeologist. And I don't know much about archaeology, so I was peppering her with all sorts of questions just to try to get a sense of what it's like to be an archaeologist. What is the day in the life of an archaeologist um, like? And my friend shared with me with, with great delight a discovery that she had made one summer. Uh, one summer she was digging a series of uh, test holes. Apparently that's what archaeologists do. They dig this elaborate series or matrix of test holes um, to figure out whether or not there's something down there underneath that bears further exploring. And so she was digging this test hole, and as her shovel went down, she hit stone where stone should not have been. So she knew that there was something down there. But, she exclaimed, we didn't have time to do a proper dig. So we refilled the hole, and when we came back a year later and completed the dig, do you know what we found? I said, no, what did you find? She said, we found a centuries-old, a millennia-old fire ring down there several feet below the surface. And she was animated, and, you know, with her hands, she was showing me the the size of the fire ring, and her face was all excited, and And I knew that the thing that I was supposed to be excited about was the millennia-old firing. And while that was exciting, what really blew me away was the fact that she had to wait a year before going back to dig it up. A year. A year to wonder what on earth was down there. A year to fret over the possibility that somebody might come behind her and disturb the site. She had to wait a year. Can you believe it? And that brief conversation with my friend really underscored for me just how unaccustomed we are to waiting. Think about how your daily experience has changed over the last 30 years. Now, I know some of you are not quite old enough to do that, so you're just going to have to listen and um, Use your imagination, but, but for those of us who are old enough to remember, um, even just 30 years ago, if you wanted to look up something about a topic that was new to you, maybe it's the habitat of the Galapagos tortoise, or the culture of the ancient Mayans, or the flight pattern of an African swallow. If you wanted to learn about something new, you had to schlep down to the local library and look it up. Or, if you had the means, you could write yourself a reminder so that when you got home, you could look it up in your Encyclopedia Britannica. But the point is, you had to wait. Now, it's wonderful that today we can research these sorts of things with a device that fits in our pocket. It's amazing. But the shadow side of this blessing is that it has removed so many of the daily experiences of waiting, and this is actually a problem in the spiritual life. The spiritual life requires us to wait. But we are so out of practice when it comes to waiting. We don't know how to wait well because we so rarely have to wait to get the things that we want. As a friend of mine recently pointed out, we live in a world of instant pudding, instant rice, and instant grits. And that last one pains me as a Southerner. And in our culture of instant hurry, 
splashing down into that, like a thud, really, I say a splash, but really it's more like a thud, is the annual feast that we are celebrating tonight. We are on the eve of the great feast of the Ascension. Every year it comes 40 days after Easter on a Thursday. Easter is always on a Sunday. The Feast of the Ascension is always a Thursday, so we're on the eve of Ascension. But every year we gather together and we hear these same passages from Acts and from Luke. We are reminded of our Lord's final words before He ascended to the Father that are recorded for us in the book of Luke and Acts. But let me start with Acts, beginning with verse 4. Listen again to what we are told. While staying with His apostles, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which Jesus said, You heard from Me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wait for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't tell them how long they were going to have to wait. He didn't tell them why they were going to have to wait. He simply said, wait. And with that, He ascended to the Father. Now, it would be another ten days uh, until the Jewish feast of Pentecost when that promise was finally fulfilled. Ten days doesn't seem like a long time. But by the way, this promise about the Holy Spirit was originally given to God's people some 600 years prior through the prophet Joel. So really, God's people have been waiting for 600 years for this promise to be fulfilled. Friends, sometimes God says to us, wait. If you pray a prayer and God hasn't answered it or hasn't answered it in the way that you wanted, sometimes that's God's way of saying, wait. Often he doesn't tell us why we have to wait or how long we have to wait. He simply says, wait. And friends, waiting is something we don't like to do. It's something we're not particularly good at. It's something we often don't do very well. Wait. Perhaps some of you this evening are in a place where you feel like you are in a waiting pattern at this season of your life. Maybe you're waiting for an answer to prayer. Perhaps you are praying like the psalmist who prayed, How long, O Lord? Will you forget me? Forget us forever? How long will you hide your face from us? Maybe you are praying, How long, O Lord? How long do I have to wait? How long do we have to wait? Waiting is not easy. But it is very much a part of our walk with Christ. So what resources do we have to help us to do this thing that we are called to do, to wait? I want to briefly mention three that we can take from God's Word. Three gifts that will help us to wait and to wait well. First, we can be helped by the witness of the Scriptures that teach us that God doesn't waste anything. Even when we feel like we're circling life in some kind of a holding pattern and it feels like wasted time, it's never wasted time when it's offered to God. Never. Paul describes God in Ephesians as 
Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. All things. God works all things, including times that feel like waiting time. He works all things according to the counsel of His will. So friends, your waiting time is never wasted time. Ask God for the grace to wait well. To wait faithfully. Trusting that He is working, as Paul said, all things according to the counsel of His will. That's the first gift. The second gift from God's Word that can help us wait well and wait fruitfully um, is the example of the apostles that we read about tonight. Going over to the the Gospel according to Luke, listen to how Luke describes their behavior after Jesus told them to wait. This is Luke chapter 24. I'm going to pick up at verse 51. While Jesus blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And the disciples worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Friends, look at the example of how they waited. They worshipped. They rejoiced. Why? Because they knew that Jesus was a man of his word. They trusted him. And this trust empowered them to wait well. So, friends, ask the Holy Spirit to grant you the grace to trust Jesus so that out of this trust will flow joyful worship as you wait. So, God's word gives us the example of the apostles And the third gift we can receive from God's Word is the promise of the Holy Spirit itself. The promise that He is at work in you right now. Going back to Acts and picking up at verse 8, Jesus said this. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Friends, you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your hearts. So ask Holy Spirit to give you spiritual eyes and ears to be attentive to how you might serve God and and bless those around you in the midst of your waiting. Ask the Holy Spirit for the power and the grace to bear fruit even as you wait. Do that so that you might wait well. Friends, we don't like to wait. But sometimes God commands us to wait. So receive these three gifts from His Word that will help you wait well. The witness that God doesn't waste anything. The example of the apostles. And the promise of the Holy Spirit whose power is at work in you. Friends, may God grant us the grace to hold fast to these three things that we might wait faithfully and fruitfully, that we might wait well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your nature is to be trustworthy and true. 
and that we can rely upon your promises and that your word is true. So help us, we pray, by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to wait well. Father, I pray especially your blessing on those who came here tonight feeling like their life is in some kind of a waiting pattern or holding pattern. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear, your call upon them in this season of waiting. That indeed, it might be a season of fruitful and faithful waiting. Grant us the grace to wait well. For we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.